Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. We want to invite your attention on today to Exodus chapter 11, and we'll be looking at uh, some verses in 11 and in, in 12, beginning at verse number one. The word of the Lord reads as follows, and the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Speak now in the hearing of the people and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Then Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt. And all the firstborn of the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill and all the firstborn of the animals. And then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before nor shall be like it again. But against the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against a man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. Chapter 12 picks up. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need. You shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. And you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorpost and on the lintel of the houses where they eat. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boil it at all with water, but roast it on its head with the legs and the, with its entrails. And you shall let none of it Remain until the morning, and what remains of it until morning shall you burn with fire. Thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, and your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. 
it is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord's. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on your houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plagues shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for your word this morning. Father, we thank you for the blood this morning. We thank you that the blood hasn't lost its power. We thank you, God, in the midst of plagues, the blood was a covering. Thank you, God, that in the midst of pandemic, the blood is still a covering, God. We pray, eternal God, that you would move even now through the preaching of the gospel to allow the words to be clear, the message to be powerful, the declaration to be such that it would draw men, women, boys, and girls who don't know you to be covered in the blood. Father, I pray that your power would manifest itself to the tearing down of strongholds and to the edifying of the body. God, let your people be encouraged. Let that heavy head be lifted up today. Let the hopeless find hope in the midst of a message on this day. Father, above and beyond all things, I'm praying that your name would get the glory and the honor and the praise. I'm a vessel, Lord, only in your hand surrendered that you might accomplish your will. Do what you do through me, God, and allow my lips of clay to be used for your purpose. Now, God, allow me and strengthen me that I might have clarity of speech, clarity of thought, that your word might go forward unhindered. It is in Jesus' name. I pray with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen and amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Kettering, we have been pressing our way through this series of messages entitled Messages of Hope in a Pandemic. We started on Mother's Day in Psalm 150, and we spoke there from the subject matter, Praise the Lord, Mothers. We moved from there to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Our Hope in the Resurrection. Part 3, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Memorial Hope. And on last week when we were together, we were in Psalms 20, help and hope from the sanctuary. On this morning, our text drops us off in Egypt, 430 years after the children of Israel had come into Egypt. They are in a crisis situation under the oppressive leadership of a pharaoh who doesn't care about them. They're under the brutal treatment of Egypt who has pressed them into slavery and caused them to do the unthinkable things. And in all of their oppression, in all of their brutal treatment, in all of their injustices that were being experienced among the children of Israel, They had the fortitude uh, 
to cry out to God and to let God hear the voice of their oppression. And it was through the cries of the children of Israel that God, I'm going to say, arrests a stranger in the backside of the desert by the name of Moses, who had been exiled from Egypt, born as a Jew, raised as an Egyptian, exiled from the land for his Superman tactics in a time that was untimely, where he decided that he was going to deliver the children of Israel all by himself by killing off the Egyptians one by one. And yet, when he was discovered, he was exiled from the country and left, and probably in his mind had no intentions ever of going back. But on one day, he was walking along, and there was fire coming from a bush that was not being consumed, and it was God calling him over. And as God called this Moses over, he gives him an assignment that I'm sure he didn't want. And the assignment was, Moses, I'm sending you back to the place that you ran away from. I'm sending you back to Egypt because the cries of my people have come up before me. And I need you, Moses, to go back and I want you to go and tell Pharaoh it's time for him to let my people go. So Moses is on journey back to Egypt to talk to this pharaoh. Now, I need you to understand something that Egypt is now at a point in their history, their 430 years in to a history in a land that initially welcomed them in. This land that had welcomed them in through the invitation of Joseph have now, because new leadership has come in place, that didn't know the old Pharaoh, that didn't care about the old time days. They are now under new leadership and he's watched Israel grow up in Egypt and he's threatened by the size and the power that Israel possesses. And so therefore, he begins to oppress them and put them into slavery and calls them to be the slaves of the Egyptians. And so they have now been enduring this for a number of years. So Moses is going on his journey reluctantly to talk to Pharaoh, and God sends a word through Moses that he's going to kill all of the firstborn that are in Egypt. Now, you need to understand that there's already been plagues that have come forward and and that are going to come forward, and they do come forward, and up to this point, Pharaoh still hadn't let the children of Israel go. And so now this plague of killing all the firstborn in the land is going to come forward. And the question amongst the Israelites is, well, what hope do we have that this is going to work when we found and seen that every other plague and every other thing that you've done, Moses, has not worked. Where do we find hope in a time when we've seen this before 
And we've seen that before. And we've heard that before. But nothing changes. And so the Israelites would ask the question, what hope do we have that even this plague is not going to wipe out us? It will wipe out our firstborn. So I want to talk to you from the idea of hope of deliverance. Because this story of the children of Israel is not unlike some of our situations where we've come into a place and at one point may have been welcomed and then at another point we're not welcome or we've come into a situation that was okay at first and then it's not okay and then we're in a situation where it's bad and we heard it was going to get better but it didn't get better and they said they were sorry and they said they were sorry and they said they were sorry and it still hadn't gotten any better and they said it was going to change and they said it was going to change and they said it was going to change but it still hadn't gotten any better and we've watched that thing happen over and over again we've witnessed this pain over and over again we've gotten to a place where we've been calling on the name of the Lord and the Lord said he's coming through the Lord said he's going to execute judgment the Lord has said I'm going to take care of the matter but we've heard that before and so what hope do we have and in this kind of scenario and in this kind of time when we have a need for deliverance but deliverance doesn't seem to be coming and so I want to kind of Walk us through, if I can say that, and encourage us on this morning in regards to hope of deliverance. First and foremost, I think that as I look at this text in chapter 11, verse 1, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Lord, let me stop right there. Because what we sometimes need to do is look back on the history of what God has already done. Now, stay here with me, because at that particular point, when God is speaking to Moses, God says to Moses, I'm going to bring one more plague. Pastor, why one more? Because I've already brought nine plagues on Egypt. But I need you to see something, Israel. I need you to understand something, Israel. I know you were focusing on the fact that the plagues didn't bring the deliverance but I want you to see that as I poured out nine different plagues my history has proven that while the plagues were being poured out I still kept you while the water turned into blood and all over Egypt and all over the land the water had turned into blood the water that you drank was still clear it was still deer park it was still Fuji you didn't have to worry about straining out the blood that was in your water when the frogs came on the land and they were all over the place they didn't come to your house I kept them away from your house when the lice were everywhere and they were all in the hair and all in the food of the Egyptians I kept them away from you and I kept you in the midst of all the other plagues. I kept you when the swarms of flies were coming and they were buzzing everywhere and it wasn't enough fly swatters to kill them. I kept 
the flies, Israel, away from you. I'm, I'm trying to help somebody here because sometimes what we need to do is we need to go back and walk through the history we have with God if you're going to have a hope of deliverance. I don't care what and how bad your situation is. You've got to have hope in what God has already done. And so every now and then, we need to look back over what he's already done and how he's already brought us through instead of complaining that it didn't work or it didn't do this or it didn't do that. We need to see even in the midst of whatever it was he was keeping us. When the disease and pestilences fell on the livestock in Egypt, guess what? The livestock of Israel was not affected. When the boils came upon all the people in the land, Israel was not affected. When hell fell from heaven and was falling on the houses and burning up the sheds and shacks of the Egyptians, Israel was not affected. When the locusts came in and ate up everything and they were everywhere, God set Israel apart and they were not affected. When the ninth plague came and darkness fell on the land, the Bible says it was a thick darkness so dark that people couldn't even see each other and it lasted for three days but while darkness came on the land, God said you had light Israel, I kept you in the middle of all that came in your life I'm trying to help us, our hope has to be based on the history we have with God sometimes we need our hope to be stirred up by the history that we've walked through with God. Now, Israel, beyond just the plagues that God is, it has taken them through, because he says, look, I'm going to bring one more plague. I've kept you through the nine. I've preserved you through the nine. I've kept you through the nine. But Israel, I would suggest if I could walk you back even further, you've got deeper and further history with God. Israel, I could take you all the way back to when Jacob was in the womb with Esau. When Jacob was in the womb fighting with Esau, guess what? I brought you out. When Jacob was fighting with the angel all night long, guess what? Israel, I brought you out. When Joseph was fighting with his brothers and they threw him in the pit, guess what, Israel? I brought him out. When he was in prison and falsely accused by Pharaoh's wife, he didn't stay in prison, though he had a death sentence. I brought him out. And so Israel, in all that you have gone through in all of your history, when the famine came on the land and your father Jacob and his family were dying in the land and they were fighting for their life, I brought them to Joseph because I had planted Joseph in Egypt so that you could survive and I brought you out. Israel needs to look back over the history that they have with God. What about you this morning? What kind of history do you have with God that you can draw upon that will remind you that there is hope that I'm going to be delivered from the mess I'm in? Maybe you just need to look back a little bit. Maybe you go back to when you were slaves. Maybe you go back to when they were taking you all the way from your homeland. Maybe you go back and see how God kept you and 
delivered you from all the mess of oh I'm, I'm, I'm trying to walk through this thing carefully because I want to make sure that y'all get the picture that God has done some great things for you God has done some great things in the past we've got history with God you came through immigration and God kept you he brought you out you've gone through the civil rights movement and God brought you out you've gone through all the hell and high water of not being able to pay your bills and God brought you out some of you remember even you were working in the fields and from sun up to sundown and wasn't making no money but look at God you've got history he brought you out I know you're living in a four bedroom suburbs right now but it wasn't always some of you came out of the ghetto some of you came out the projects some of you came out of miserable situations bad marriages and holocaust and all kinds of hell but God brought you out I'm trying to help somebody to understand that you've got to look back at the history you've got with God and if you just look back at the history you have with God you'll realize there is still hope that I can be delivered my God my God Everybody got their own history. You've got your own history story of where God brought you from. But if you're looking at where you are now and thinking, yeah, we ain't never going to get out and I ain't never going to come out of this. Well, I'd say let your history with God stir you up and stir up your hope that deliverance is coming. In this text, he says to them secondly, because I believe that hope of deliverance comes based on history we have with God, but also hope in the words of God. And the word of God here in the text, as I was walking through, I noticed something. Look with me. Verse 1 says, the Lord said. Verse 4 says, thus says the Lord. Verse 9 says, but the Lord said to Moses. And the reason why I'm pointing this out is because I want you to understand something that everything that Moses is saying to the children of Israel as it relates to depositing hope in them that they will be delivered, everything came from the word of God. Mm -mm -mm. And God put a word in Moses' mouth that Moses would be able to speak hope into the people, that the people would have hope of deliverance in the most difficult time that they were going through. They were at this particular point on time because as the plagues came, God had already told Moses, Moses, I'm going to harden the heart of Pharaoh and he's not going to want to let you go. And so as the plagues had come and every time there was a challenge against Pharaoh, Pharaoh would make things worse on the Israelites. And so by now, he's got them to the point where he has taken the straw out of the brick and he's making them make bricks without straw, but they've got to keep the same number of output. In other words, I'm not going to lower my requirement for how many you have to make. You still need to be making the same amount, but I'm not going to give you no straw to make them with. And so they have been oppressed down as far 
as they can be pressed down and they're crying out to God and things are not looking better, but rather they're looking worse. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in Kingdom Building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our Spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.